0: Good morning, Um, if I asked for a show of hands this morning to everyone here that at some time in your Christian life you had a strong desire for something to happen and it didn't happen. I think there'd be a lot of hands raised. Okay? I mean, we had we 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 had a strong desire to see something good something take place. And then we can't figure out why it didn't happen. And then to add insult to injury, this person over here that's lost who's living in rebellion against the Lord all this stuff's happened to him and yet we've got this word that says God gives us the desires of our heart now what's the deal well it's always context and I, I was reading this a week or so ago it's in Psalms 37. And the context is very important. Here's what he says. He starts off in verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers. So it's it's difficult to see it looks like God blessing these people that are doing a lot worse stuff than me, okay? And and they're getting all this good stuff. And here I am. I'm trying to walk with God. And the desire of my heart is obviously or apparently being denied. Well, he starts off and says, don't fret because of evildoers. Don't be envious toward wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. And then he gets to direct toward us. And he says, trust in the Lord and do good. He didn't say, go try to make it happen. He didn't say, try to come up with a plan to get it to take place. He didn't say, come up with a formula to move God To get him to give you the desire of your heart. He said, trust in the Lord and do good. Now, trust in the Lord. In order to trust in the Lord, you do not need information. We don't need to know why it didn't happen. We don't need to know how it's going to happen. We don't need to know that everybody's, we look for, and I've said all along that knowing is the last vestige of control. If I just know, if I just know if it's going to happen, if I just know when it's going to happen, if I just know how it's going to happen, if I just know who God's going to use to, if I just know that stuff, then I can trust in the Lord. But trusting in the Lord has nothing to do with those things. The only thing I need to know to trust the Lord is the character of God. What's God like? What's God like? He loves me. He cares for me. He has consistently provided for me. He will not stop now. I can trust in the Lord. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Get your eyes off yourself. Do good to others. Bless others. Encourage others. You're lacking encouragement. Encourage somebody else. You're lacking affirmation. Affirm somebody else. You're lacking approval. Approve somebody else. Do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. And, and so far he hadn't even brought up the desire of my heart. Okay. But it starts in my relationship with the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. The land in the Old Testament is always a picture of Christ. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brought them to a land of abundance. The picture is us coming out of bondage into Christ who is our abundance. The land always represents the abundance. And he said, the, I mean, the land always represents Christ. And he says, dwell in the land. Abide in Christ. Remain in Christ. Don't get outside of Christ trying to make something happen yourself. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Remember, the only thing that we have recorded Of Jesus saying to somebody after they get to heaven or wherever is well done by good and what? Faithful servant. You were faithful to what God put in your hand, to what God put in your heart. And he says dwell in the land, remain, abide in Christ, and cultivate faithfulness. Now you know how to cultivate faithfulness? You know how to increase in faithfulness? Be faithful. Faithfulness produces more faithfulness. Unfaithfulness doesn't produce faithfulness. Consistency produces more consistency. Dwell in the land, remain in Christ. Let your focus be that relationship with him instead of how can I get him to fulfill the desire of my heart. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And then he hits this one. Delight yourself in the Lord. Boy, the the reality of that has just hit me from ten different ways. Delight yourself in the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Have Have you come to that place in your life that you can get still And just enjoy the Lord. I don't mean enjoy. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these, okay? I'm just telling you there's more. Are we still at the place to where we just enjoy getting a new scripture? Or we enjoy what our daily devotion says? Or we enjoy this tape? Or we enjoy this word? Have we gotten to that place to where I just enjoy him? And who he is. I delight in him. That's the focus of my time. Is to delight in him. Because when that happens. What happens when we behold him? We're changed. What about us is changed? Our desires are changed. Is one of the things that's changed. We don't want what we used to want. And so he says delight yourself in the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Put your focus there. Then he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, why can he trust me with the desires of my heart? Because I've delighted in him. And all I want is what he wants. All I want is more of him. And all of a sudden, this thing that I was straining so hard about getting or so frustrated and disappointed about not getting, becomes secondary or third dairy or fourth dairy because I got him and I delighted in him. He became my joy. I thought getting this thing in my heart would be the joy, the source of joy. But the reality of it is joy comes from enjoying him. And that's joy that lasts. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Lord, that's a choice. It's a deliberate decision to say, Father, I am committing this to you. You decide if I need that. You decide if I have to have that. But I'm finding my joy in you. You decide if I need this that I might honor you in a greater way or is it just something to satisfy my ego or satisfy my flesh or satisfy my identity or satisfy my idea of who I am or get approval from others. You, Lord, I'm committing this to you. You take it. I've made a mess of it. And if you haven't yet, just wait. You will. You'll make a mess of it. Because everything we put our hand to is contrary to what God says. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. What will He do? This is the cool part. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. He will make his glory revealed in you. Because when this thing comes, whether it's the original thing that you desired or whether it's something that changed your desire and you got that, it honors him. It brings forth his glory and his honor and his righteousness. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. And then he says... Rest in the Lord. When we find ourselves wanting something to the point that we lose our rest, you can be assured it's effort of the flesh trying to accomplish it. Because the spirit doesn't get tired, but the flesh does. And the flesh gets tired trying to make it happen. Well, if I just worry a little more, it might happen. If I could just get this person to do that or that, if I could just line all these ducks up, I could get it to happen. And, and, And my rest is disturbed. My peace is disturbed. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him.